Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. It is good to see everyone here this morning. We're so thankful that you have chosen to be with us to worship God. If you are a guest here at Grace, we are so very thankful that you have made it here because this is a place of tremendous potential. Praise the Lord. There's a few announcements that I have to make. May 2nd, we will have our first Tuesday evening prayer in the sanctuary at 7.30 p.m. That is this upcoming Tuesday. Sunday, May 7th, our graduates will be honored in our 11 a.m. service. And on May 14th, which is the very next Sunday, we will have our Mother's Memorial Final Offering Deadline. Praise the Lord. You can remember those few things. I was thinking this morning, I like, uh, like most people, I like new things. Raise your hand if you like new things. Some of y'all raising two hands. Y'all want two new things. That's great. Praise the Lord. I, I, like, I, like, I think we all appreciate a new car or a, a new suit of clothes. And why do we like those new things? It's normally because the utility and the dependability or the functionality of what we currently have, it doesn't work anymore. It doesn't suit us anymore. And as I was thinking this morning, I think some of you or some of us may have entered this auditorium this morning with an old life, an old life that may be filled with burdens or dysfunction or shame or pain or fear. You've entered this auditorium with that. And and you've entered an, uh, an auditorium that's an environment of the potential for something new. How many of you know the name of Jesus Christ? This is an environment of the new. The Word of God says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, if you're in Christ, you are a new creature. All things are passed away. All things become new. You do not have to leave this place with an old, burdened, dysfunctional, sin-filled life. God can do something remarkable with you. Let's stand to our feet. Let's worship God this morning with our praise team. God bless you. Oh, yeah. 
declare victory in this place. Declare victory over your life. Whatever battle it is you're facing, know that that is the Lord's battle. And know that He takes whatever the enemy meant for evil, and He will turn it for good today. You turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good.
God's given me something that we've all come into this place expecting something from God. I can see it on every one of you that you've come into this place and you're expecting something. And just like Elizabeth, the mother of John, she was expecting a child. And she had the ability to speak life into that or to speak death. And everything that she saw, she didn't see that thing come into fruition. But she didn't know that she wasn't yet ready in that season. That there was going to be a day that her sister would come, her, her cousin, and say that the Lord, Lord was in her. And that he was going to be born. And she would jump and the baby would leave in her. And she lifted up her voice. And if we would lift up our voice, God would birth those things in us.
Singing all of the 
refreshing presence of the Lord that's here today. There's nothing like knowing that you're in the hands of God. There's nothing like knowing that your tomorrow is in the hands of God. Your life is in the hands of God. I'm glad to be in His hands this morning. I'm glad that I'm holding the hand of the Lord today. Thank the Lord. Well, wasn't it exciting a little while ago to see Aaron Montgomery baptized in the beautiful name of Jesus? Wasn't that wonderful? Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. I had a wonderful conversation with Sister April Friday night uh, here at the church about him receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost last Sunday and then being baptized in the beautiful name of Jesus today. And I am so thankful for what God has done in his life. And it was certainly exciting to see him come up out of the water, both hands raised up in the air. It's when that burden of sin is lifted off of you. It just does something to you. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Aaron, if you'd come up here, we have a, a presentation to make to you. And uh, I don't think he will mind. I don't think Sister April will mind. But uh, he told her when he got home last Sunday after receiving the Holy Ghost, he said uh, during that time of receiving the Holy Ghost, he said it's like I just saw the hand of the Lord come down and take my hand. And uh, what an amazing... What an amazing thing to see. Thank the Lord. I believe God has some great things in store for Aaron. I believe God has his hand on him. And uh, if Aaron will let the Lord have his way, who knows what God will do for him, with him, and through him for the kingdom of God in the future. The potential is all there. Thank the Lord. What I love about Aaron is I told somebody last night, and I mean this in a complimentary way, uh, he, he, he marches to the beat of his own drum. He don't always just go with the crowd. He don't always just do what everybody else is doing. He, and if you can convert that and, to, and relate that to a call of God on somebody's life, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. And it can be a tremendous, tremendous attribute. Aaron, as you know and have seen many times, when people uh, receive the Holy Ghost and baptize, we like to give them a certificate, have it in writing. Not that you'll ever forget what happened last Sunday, but you'll have it in writing that it did happen. And we congratulate you, man, on being filled with the beautiful spirit of the Lord. My goal was to get him to smile up here, and it's already worked. So now I've got him giggling. Now, that's, that's the Holy Ghost right there. That's, that's the Holy Ghost moving on. And then this morning he was baptized in the beautiful name of Jesus and uh, repented, baptized, 
the name of Jesus, filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It don't get any better than that. So here's your certificate about that. God bless you, man. Love, Aaron Montgomery. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. I am so thankful. We're using that baptistry pretty frequently this year, and I'm happy about that. We want to keep it going, right? Thank the Lord, and um, God bless God bless Aaron so very much. Well, now that you've had an opportunity to sit for a moment, I'm going to have you stand again, if you will. I have several prayer requests to bring to you today before Brother Greg Albritton comes to preach for us. Um, first of all, I'd like for us to pray for a family and a church that's um, pastor passed away this week here in the central area and um, he's he's been a friend to me since we've moved here uh, some 14 years ago uh, brother Donnie Schaefer uh, actually was taking a group to Japan for a missions effort is what I understand a group of people and they were actually in the air flying to Japan for a missions trip in Japan and um, something happened and he passed away on the airplane and uh, his funeral services will be coming up uh, I believe this coming Saturday if I'm not mistaken so let's pray for his family for his church brother Donnie was him and his wife were missionaries in Brazil a number of years ago they were there for 11 years and actually adopted some children from Brazil he just his heart beat with missions and if we could pray for his family and his church today. Thank the Lord. Also, Dara Love texted me just a little while ago, and her dad is not doing good at all. They were all dressed to come to church today, and he wasn't responding, so they're staying home with him, and uh, they've been told that uh, his passing into glory is imminent, and uh, let's pray for the Love family, that God would be with them. She said, especially pray for her kids, and uh, let's pray that God strengthen them uh, during this very challenging time. And then on a happy note, we want to pray for Ryan and Sandy. Most of you probably already heard. But uh, they have brought a beautiful little baby girl into this world named Naomi Leah. So we want to pray for them this morning. That uh, He told me Wednesday night that they were going to the hospital Friday. I said, well, good, we'll see y'all Sunday. And, uh, of course, we know all of that was, that was a joke. But God keep his hand on this sweet family. Can we pray about these things right now together? Let's everybody pray. Jesus, we love you today. We're thankful. We're so thankful. We're so honored and so privileged to take such a smorgasbord of needs and bring them to you. God, I pray for Donnie Schaefer's family, for his church. You know where they are today. You know what they're going through, what their feelings are. The Bible said that we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmity. I pray, God, that you would feel for them today. You would comfort them, that you would strengthen them. We pray for Dara and her family, her children. We pray for her dad. We pray, God, that you strengthen them, that you encourage them, that you take them by the hand today and lead them through this very challenging, very emotional time. I pray, God, that you keep them in the palm of your hand. We're thankful for Ryan and Sandy and the beautiful baby girl you've given to them. We pray, God, that you keep them safe, healthy. Give, give them strength, oh God, to do what needs to be done as parents. And they, we know you will. We know they will. We ask you, God, to bless them and keep them 
in your hand in Jesus' name. Thank the Lord. Let's give Lord praise today for hearing our prayer. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's an honor to have our, our good friend, Brother Greg Albritton, here with us today. And um, we're so thankful that God has his hand on him and uh, that he's with us here today to preach the word of God. He's certainly no stranger to this church nor this pulpit. Thank the Lord. Let's welcome Brother Greg Albritton as he comes to preach for us today. morning. I've got a pretty big mouth, but I might need this thing a little bit. So good to see everyone today. I just want to thank you. Uh, Pastor mentioned last week, he mentioned health challenge that we'd face. Thank you all for praying for us. Once again, God is so good and kept his hand on us and we are so, so grateful. Amen. Let's just take a moment right now. I know we've sang and prayed, but could we just close our eyes, lift our hands across this place, and just ask the Lord, Lord, what, what is your will for the next few moments for me, Lord? What would you say to me? What would your spirit want to minister into my life or our family or into our church body today, Jesus? We ask that. We worship you, Lord. Let your purpose unfold. Let your ministry take place in this place. Let's just honor Jesus and worship him for a moment right now. God, we praise you, Lord. We lift you up, Jesus. We lift you up, Jesus. You are so worthy, Lord. You are so worthy, Lord, and we praise you. We honor you. Amen. Amen. I'd like you to do something for me right now. I'd like you to turn and greet two or three people. Number one requirement, you got to smile. That's a, that's a full-on revival for some folks, so I need you to smile. Amen. I need you to tell somebody you believe God wants to love on them today. Come on. Speak faith. Tell them you believe God wants to bless them today. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on, smile. I know it hurts some of you. Smile. God's good. He's in the house. It's so good to see. I, I get it. I get sentimental every time I come to Central, to this part of the world where I was raised and that I love so dearly. And I know I say it every time, but just to know there's a Holy Ghost Jesus Apostolic Church in this community is just, just amazing. And I'm grateful for that. Amen. And, and so many friends, friends that go way back. I've seen familiar faces today. I want to hug some necks and shake some hands after church. Just so good to see all of you and, and uh, all, all of our, our friends here. We just honor you. And then that God called Brother Glenn and Sister Paula Murphy here is just, just, amazing, just awesome. And I know I share a little different tidbits at different times, but Brother Murphy holds a special spot in my heart because when I felt the call to preach and then I felt led a year or so later, two years later to evangelize, they were pastor in Ohio. And he told me, he said, man, if you ever, ever would like to come to Ohio or he said, I, I, I would like for you to come and, and I'll help get you some other places to preach. And, and so I was preaching it, you know, mostly close to home here in Louisiana. And, and then I hit a spot where, um, 
I, I wasn't I wasn't in high demand as an evangelist at that moment. We'll just say it like that. And I was like, Lord, what do I do? And I remembered over the next few weeks what my friend had told me. And so I called Brother Murphy and we talked and he said, absolutely, we'd love for you to come. And, and the timing was strategic and he brought me to, I think it was the district conference and introduced me to other ministers. And on his recommendation, they, you and I know it was a great risk, but they, they, they allowed me to not only preach and minister there in Youngstown, but to minister across the state and I think I counted it up one time before it was all over. That became a state where for several years I would drive, stay six or seven weekends, preach around that state, had a couple different spots where people would let me uh, spend the night when it was in between revivals. And I believe I ended up preaching at 13 churches in the state of Ohio and made some lifelong friendship because this man was, uh, he, he, he helped a young minister out amen and helped a friend and so thank you brother Murphy I appreciate that so much thank you some tremendous tremendous times and I, I remember I was talking to one young lady on the phone it was pre-cell phone day so I sat at the top of the stairs and talked and borrowed their phone there for a while amen didn't work out I guess they didn't pray hard enough for Amen. You may be seated. I'd like for my boy Creed to come at this time. He, uh, y'all know from time to time, he likes to testify, and so he he wants to share a little a little testimony uh, with y'all this morning. Love you, buddy. Love you too. Good morning, everybody. I'm glad to be at this amazing, wonderful church again. But um, today, I want to be testifying about a soldier, if you mind putting the picture on the screen. This man right here is named Desmond Doss. Yes, he is a soldier, but he isn't a normal soldier. He was a medic that saved lots and lots of people without even firing a single shot in war. This man had a rough life, and his parents argued a lot. And one day, his dad got really, really mad and pulled a weapon on his mother. Doss, being a brave man, snatched the weapon from his dad and pointed it at his dad and said, do not do that again. His father then wept because... He got weapon pointed at his head. I think we would all cry too. <laughs> he later got drafted into the army for World War II against Japan. One day during the Battle of Okinawa, he heroically saved 75 people without touching a gun. He was on a hill, hill called Hacksaw Ridge. Yes, they did make a movie about him. And it's 100% real. But while he was on that ridge called Hacksaw Ridge on the bow of Okinawa, he was 
if you mind putting the picture on the screen. There he is up there with the rope. And here's a soldier right here. That soldier right there is getting the injured, is getting the injured and tying him to that rope. And then he'll pull him up. While he was on top of that ridge, you know when he prayed to God under his breath? Lord, just help me get one more. Lord, just help me get one more. And we should do that too. That should be our prayer. We could say, Lord, just help me get one more. And you know who else can say that? Jesus. He's walking the aisles right now saying, I just want to love on one more. And that could be you today. That could be you. That could be you. It could be anybody. And God proved his love for us because we should have been the ones on that cross. But he did it for us. He took the nails for us. He took the 39 strikes for us. And that should have been us. But he did it because he loved us. Amen. Amen. Um, what happened is that gentleman, because of that incidence with the weapon in his home as a child, made a vow, I'll never pick up a weapon again. And yet he made a difference. And he kept just wanting to save one more. Aren't you glad Jesus just keeps looking for one more? Amen. Amen. Would you stand with us this morning uh, for the reading of the word? I'd like to go to Matthew chapter 9 and look at verse 20 through verse 22. Now, I will tell you, um, I, I, I'm an apostolic Pentecostal preacher, but I'm going to do my best to kind of take it middle easy today. Is that okay? Uh, maybe if Pastor Murphy didn't, I'm not sure the details he shared, but just had some heart symptoms at the end of January trying to catch a flight making it home from a revival, cut it a little close and running through the airport. I realized, ooh, that doesn't feel right. And uh, over the next month, had a couple more of those circumstances and was um, very fatigued. I could just lay down and take a nap, seemed like just about any time. And so I knew something wasn't quite right and led to a stress test a few weeks ago. And and uh, they knew they saw abnormalities. They said it, 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 you know, it was termed moderate on the test. And, but when they got in there uh, two weeks ago, 100% uh, blockage on the main left artery of the heart called the widow maker. And 100% um, blockage. But God had allowed my heart to make its own little bypasses that allowed my heart to be getting blood. And so we made it through that. And then they were able... Uh, in heart calf to fix that with an angioplasty and a stent. And so I'm fine. They've taken care of it. God, thank God. Amen. Thank God that his hand was on us. His protection. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. And now you got to know my heart of a preacher, though. I, I, the heart calf was on Thursday when I'm coming out from under anesthesia. They told me what all had taken place. And uh, I was very, very grateful, very humbled, very broken. But I was also 
saying today's Thursday. Y'all said recovery is about 48 hours. Can I drive to Arkansas and preach on Sunday? And they were like, no, we don't think you need to. We don't think you need to. And, and uh, so we uh, obviously rescheduled that. We're, we're here today. So all is well. But uh, if I don't scream and holler and, and jump, is that okay? I believe God can still bless us. Thank you for the privilege of being here today. Amen. Matthew chapter 9, verse 20. Very familiar passage for us. I want to look at it closely today. And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood 12 years came behind Jesus and touched the hem of his garment. Everybody say the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, if I may but touch his garment. She's very specific here. If I can just touch his garment, then I shall be whole. But Jesus turned him about when he saw her. He said, daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. I would like to minister this morning on the subject, the contact point. The contact point. I want us to focus on the hem of, of that garment, that she touched the hem of his garment. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Let the work that you desire to happen through your word and spirit let it unfold in this house today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless and you may be seated. Years ago, I was ministering in Baltimore, Maryland, and a friend and I went downtown, and I remember we, uh, you know, just doing several different things, and we, uh, we went somewhere that was called, if I remember right, it was called the Science Center. And in the Science Center was uh, an, an interactive, you know, it had some just, just knowledge and information uh, experiments and, and just a lot of interactive, I guess you can't fully call it a museum, but just a, just a fun place uh, to learn. And, and so going through the Science Center that day, uh, one of the rooms, I remember it was some kind of machine contraption thing, and they had coming out of that uh, machine just just like a handle then with this this pretty good sized steel knob on it and so they asked for volunteers it was placed to one side of the room and and they asked for volunteers and so I raised my hand and I was chosen to be one of the volunteers and it was six or seven of us that day and whoever it was was uh, the first person they they had them they said you're going to put you're going to put your hand on this knob and then the next person was to hold their hand and there was a human connection across the room five or six people and I was the last guy and they told me to take the the uh, steel door handle there the doorknob and just to put my hand on this this was a machine that created uh, electrical current and when they flipped the switch it was going to have an electrical current that was going to come through that steel knob that that person was holding. And they said the, the human body is, is, is conducive. It, uh, it, it can be a conduit for electricity. And said, now look, don't be scared. It's not going to hurt you. 
but you are going to feel it, and it will affect you. And so, are y'all ready? You know, they did all this stuff. So I'm, I'm the guy at the end holding this metal doorknob, and so when they flipped the switch, it was instantaneous. I'll just go ahead and tell you, electricity don't take its time when it's going somewhere. It was instantaneous, and, and the only thing, if I was that science center, the only thing that I would do to improve this is I would have had major cameras facing the volunteers, and then we would have watched it in slow-mo the second it was over. We would have had close-ups of each person's face. It was the fastest wave that you've ever seen. When they flipped that switch, the first person just involuntary, they just twitched. The second person twitched. I mean, I mean, it was instantaneous, but in slow-mo, it would have been phenomenal to watch. But, but it was great, man. It just boom, boom, boom. And, and, and it happened so fast, my hand popped off of the doorknob. I mean, just pow. I mean, it wasn't like I couldn't, I didn't think about it. I didn't, it was just, it just happened. And, and it, they were right. It almost hurt. Scared me, I'll be honest. And then it was cool at the same time. Like, that is amazing. But i like for us to consider this morning. I wasn't touching the source. I was simply touching something that was touching something that was touching something that was connected to the source. But the power, because the human body could be a conduit, the power, the electricity was able to flow from the source and it was able to come all the way to me. Our text story is similar. I'm already preaching a little more fired up than I intended to, but all is well. Our text story this morning is of this lady. It's in several of the Gospels. Our text we read from the book of Matthew. And it said that she came behind Jesus and touched the hem of his garment. Now the next verse intrigues me. The Bible said, for she said within herself, if I can just touch his garment, I'll be whole. I don't find anywhere prior in the New Testament this being taught. I do not find this in the Old Testament being taught. I do find two chapters later after God healed her, after Jesus healed her, that it said many came just trying to. In chapter 6 it says many came. It may be in the book of Mark. Many came to touch his garment that they could be made whole. I think the word spread after she did it. But I don't find any precedent for her desiring to touch the garment. But somehow in her mind, she said, if I can touch, if I can just get close enough to brush up against the hem of his garment, I'll be whole. Let's jump to the book of Luke and look at the same story. Luke 8, verse 43. And a woman had an issue of blood 12 years, spent all of her living upon physicians. Neither could be healed of any. Came behind Jesus, and Luke says it a little bit different. She touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood stands, or it stopped. It, it, the, the, 
she was healed. And the Bible says Jesus turned around. So we know from two different writers, she touched the hem and she touched the border of his robe. But Jesus turned around. Can you see with me verse 45 on the screen? This is so beautiful to me. Jesus turned around and said, who touched the border of my robe? Uh-uh. Jesus turned around and said, somebody just touched my garment. Jesus turned around and said, who touched me? Me. She touched something that was touching me, but she got me. And the Bible says, Peter and all that were with him, they said, Master, look, it's a crowd. Everybody's. And Jesus said, no, somebody, somebody touched me. I perceive that virtue is gone out of me. Now, virtue, you and I, if I say the word virtue, you and I think that's good character, right? Everybody with me this morning? Did I make everybody nervous because I said I was preaching too intense? All right, let's relax for one second. Everything's fine. Let's give Jesus a hand cup of praise. Everything's fine. Amen. I'm perfectly fine, and I have doctor's permission to be preaching. All is well. Don't be worried. I'm just not going to run the aisles eight laps, all right? Amen. Jesus is going to love on us today. The Bible said that virtue flowed out of him. If I say virtue, we would say that's somebody of good character. But in the King James, it means something different. It's from the root word dunamis. Dunamis means power or the essence of a being. And so the essence of who Jesus was, his power flowed out of him, flowed into her, and it healed her. Dunamis is the exact same word in Acts 1.8. You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes. You shall receive dunamis. So it's real that day when she touched his garment, power, who he was, flowed out of him through that robe into her body, and it healed her. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Ghost was poured out. Dunamis, power from heaven, flowed from heaven into people's lives. Jesus said, I, I, just, I just perceive dunamis flowed from me. And then she says in verse 47, when Jesus said, who touched me? She declared, I touched him. And so she touched the garment, but she got him. Let me say it this way. She thought. If I can just touch something that's touching Jesus, I'll be made whole. And so on that moment, at that moment, the border or the hem of his robe was the contact point to get to Jesus. Amen. Years ago, I don't remember exactly the location or where I was, but I remember there was a preacher preaching that day, and he got to a part of his message He was pretty passionate. 
and he actually may have had an organ player and he may have been singing a little bit while he was preaching. But I remember when he got to the point of this point in the scripture, he said, she touched the H-E-M, but what she got was H-I-M. And I, I like that right there. Amen. She touched the hymn, but what she got Hallelujah. So for emphasis, I want to say it again. She did not actually physically touch Jesus. She simply touched something that was touching Jesus. And his power flowed through the garment, if we can say it that way, and healed her. Conduit, if you're an electrician in this place or if you're a plumber, done any... You just know to go to the water fountain, behind that water fountain somewhere is a pipe that's bringing fresh water. That pipeline is a conduit. Most of these lights have wires behind them, unless we've gone all digital. But, but, but there's wires. Those, those wires or the, the piping is just simply a conduit. And a conduit is a channel through which something is conveyed. It's a means of distributing and so Jesus many times is just simply looking for a conduit for his power to flow through. Now, one of uh, the several stories in the Bible that I'm going to draw from for a few moments where God used just an object that's not so spiritual by itself. I mean, the robe of Jesus, I'm sure if I had it, there's been things written about the Shroud of Turin that was at Jesus, you know, a garment, a robe. And, and, and I'm sure, I mean, books written on, on the robe, you know, and, and, and all of that's amazing to consider. But in and of itself, that robe was not spiritual. Notice this story. And to me, sometimes the Bible is funny, even when it's not trying to be funny. And this is one of those cases. In 2 Kings chapter 13, Verse 20, the Bible said, and Elisha died. Everybody say, Elisha died. And they buried him. Sometimes the Bible just doesn't give, I mean, almost no details. And then other times, the Bible will take like 22 chapters to explain a five-minute event. And then other times in one verse, it might be 500 years that just happened, you know. And, it's just, that's, and, and this is one of those where the Bible doesn't give us a lot of details. Bible said Elisha died and they buried him. There you go. And then it says, and there were bands of Moabites. They invaded the land at the coming in of the year. So two whole different events. And they're just kind of processing, here's what happened. Then they get to the next verse. And it came to pass. Don't you like that phrase in the Bible like it might have been a thousand years. It's just, and it came to pass. Not going to tell you anything else. Just, it came to pass. It came to pass as they were burying a man. This is not Elisha. He's been dead and in the grave. They said they're burying a man. Behold, the guys burying this man looks up and they spy a band of men. The previous verse called it bands of Moabites invading the land. So it said here they are burying this fellow. And they look up and... They spy a band of men. It must have been a little group of invaders. 
because the next phrase is to me where even though this was a sad occasion for this gentleman, it gets pretty interesting to me. Because the Bible says when they spy the band of men, they cast the dead fellow into the sepulcher of Elisha. So picture this in drama form. We're burying our friend. We look up. Here come the invaders. Elisha's tomb must have been right next door. Cast is not a soft word. I get the feeling they kind of chunked him. We love you. God bless you. But we got to run. They cast him into Elisha's sepulcher. And the Bible said, now this this part makes it a little softer. When the man was let down. So maybe they didn't. Maybe they kind of let him. I don't know. But the Bible said when he was let down and touched the bones of Elisha, the prophet who had asked for a double portion of Elijah's anointing, the prophet who God had used in many powerful occasions, has been dead long enough that it's bones. It's a skeleton. But when this gentleman, you talking about your lucky day, He's talking about blessing among blessings. You're being buried. This is a a last-minute miracle right here. You're being buried, and these guys are coming in, and they put you in this other tomb, and when his body touched the bones of that old anointed prophet, there must have been a little bit of Holy Ghost anointing still in those bones because when he touched the bones of that prophet, the Bible said he revived and stood up on his feet. There are some parts of the Bible. I wish we had video evidence. There, There are some parts of the Bible I would love to just get to watch. How cool would that have been when that guy was revived and all of a sudden realized where he was? I imagine he didn't stay there too long. But to consider bones of a prophet became a conduit for God's anointing. Acts Acts chapter 5, I find another one. In Acts chapter 5. Verse 12, the Bible said, By the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done. And you get to verse 15. They brought forth the sick into the streets, laid them on beds and couches. Now, again, this is one I would love to see the reality. I would love to have been able to watch this unfold. There's so much faith that they're taking sick people on beds and couches and putting them on the side of the walkway or the pathway, or they call it the streets, that at least the shadow of Peter, just think about this with me for a moment, that the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. Again, I I don't see precedence of this anywhere in the Bible, but there was people whose faith were so high, their faith was so high that they said, if we can just get in the right spot on the side of the road, that's an apostle coming by today. That's a man of God that's done miracles. That's a man of God that God has used to preach the truth. If, If I can just get in a spot 
on the road where his shadow can touch me. Amen. Here's my shadow. My shadow just passed by Brother Murphy. I didn't see him fall out in the spirit. My shadow just passed by. And I, but they said. Now a shadow doesn't even have substance. A bone does. The garment does. But a shadow doesn't have substance. You know what a shadow is? It's just simply an object comes between the light source and the object, and it changes. It blocks some of the light flow, and so it changes how much light. So the shadow, you can't call it a substance. But people had faith, and our Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. So people said it doesn't even have to be a substance, but I got faith that if a man of God that's anointed walks by and that touches me, that somehow God's power can come from heaven, his power can come through that apostle, and his power can come through that shadow, and his power can get to my life. Amen. That's impressive to me. Peter, Peter walked with God in such a way that God could do that. Now, I considered the fact if God gave that gift, can you all imagine the marketing plan that would be developed if God gave that gift to a modern-day TV preacher? Shadow ministry. Simon's shadow ministry. If you'll plant a seed offering of $1,000 into our ministry, the shadow will heal. God knew better than to give me that gift. I ain't going to lie, that would be fun. But God knew better than to give me that gift. Some of y'all going, shadow, got you be healed. I believe, I don't believe it changed Peter at all. I believe he walked with God. He was on mission. And God said, I can flow through that channel. And then in Acts chapter 19, the Bible says God perform special miracles by the hands of Paul. Now when I read this verse, it usually brings a smile to my mind or my thoughts because I remember as a child born and raised in First Pentecostal Church across town here, Brother Young, our pastor. And I remember one time Brother Young was preaching and there's some verse in the Bible where, where it said and some Jesus was casting out devils or something and it said and it was an unclean devil. And I remember Brother Young stopping and saying, all devils are dirty. This one must have been really bad because he was an unclean devil. And so when I see this verse, it brings to mind, all miracles are awesome, but this one must have been really cool because this was a special miracle. I'll take any miracle, but this one was a special miracle. And it said special miracles were done by the hands of Paul so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs 
or aprons and diseases departed from them and the evil spirits went out of them. How many of you have ever prayed over a prayer cloth and brought it home and or you put it in your wallet if you had a financial need or you, you put it under a pillowcase maybe or somebody that had a, a healing need and they're like, this is where we get that from. Paul wasn't physically able to get to every place of need. But what Paul did, the Bible said, is people brought Paul handkerchiefs or aprons or cloth and Paul would pray over, he would anoint, these handkerchiefs or aprons and they would bring them to that person or situation of need and our Bible says that diseases left, evil spirits went out of them. I still believe it, just one touch of Jesus, healing can take place. I still believe it, just one touch of Jesus, deliverances can take place. month of February and March, we were in a revival in Oklahoma City area that lasted eight weekends. And there were several, God still touching people's lives. There were several notable miracles that transpired. Special miracles, if you want to use the terms of this verse, amen, where the response from the people that God touched was almost like the response of a miracle that you see in an Easter drama. Amen. It was so dramatic. It was undeniable. I stayed there for eight weekends. One brother that said God healed a pain in his heart that had been there since October. The doctors couldn't find out fully what the issue was. And, and he went to, he said he went to bed every night not knowing if he would wake up the next morning but when God healed that man in the middle of a worship service the pastor had just said if you need something from God come up front that brother came up front a few moments later he was asking for the microphone he said it left it's been there every minute of my life since October he said but now it's gone it's gone ask him the next week it was gone ask him the next week it was gone he fell to his knees raised his hand he said, y'all don't understand. God just immediately healed me. I still believe in miracles like that. I still believe that God is touching and changing lives. I, I still believe God is impacting people's lives. One of my favorite miracles that happened in that entire revival, amen, was, was this one precious lady. I, she was interesting, man. God would be moving, things would be happening, and she'd be sitting over on, on the side, on the back, and, and she would just kind of stare at the wall. She wouldn't miss a service, but she looked she looked, she looked upset. She looked like something was deeply bothering her. Wouldn't miss a service, but just, and, and so finally, it just came over me one night. I'm going to slip back there, and I'm going to pray for her. And so I did during the altar service. I just, I kind of snuck up from the side, you know, and, and I didn't want her to see me coming. And I said, in Jesus' name, God, just bless our friend and touch her tonight, whatever is going on in her life. I'd love to tell you God just did a mighty powerful thing. He didn't. She just sat there and stared, stared straight at the wall. Her pastor told me later, he said, I got on to her. I said, you did what? I said, man, I just letting her know that Jesus loved her. He said, man, she didn't even close her eyes. She didn't even bow her head. He, and he said, I know her story a little bit. He said, and God was trying to touch her, her life. I said, man, don't be getting on her like that. He said, I did. So next service, she came up to me. I'm sorry, Brother Greg. I'm sorry I didn't pray. I'm sorry. And I said, oh, it's all right, sis. A few services later on a Monday night, God dealt with me to preach about 
how he was the God of restoration. And he was a restoration artist that can take old things and make them new. And he can heal the broken places. And just a simple message. But at the end, God had dealt with me for the whole day. When you get to the altar service tonight. He said, when you get to the altar service tonight. He said, don't invite the whole congregation. He said, don't. He said, he said very specifically the impression was. He said, tonight, I'm going to minister to the whole congregation. But it's going to start with one. And I'm asking you to, I said, God, are you going to point them out? He said, no, you just ask. He said, I, I got this. And so I remember that night when I got to the end, I said, God's going to touch everybody here. I believe anybody that has a heart, God's going to touch you, a heart to be, be receive something from the Lord. I said, but the Lord so specifically said, there's one. There's one that you need something from God. That lady fell, the friend that was sitting beside her, she fell on her shoulder. She stood up, and they walked together, sobbing all the way up. I mean, she hadn't moved. She hadn't moved. Walked all the way to the front. Amen. And we, I said, folks, y'all just pray. God was in the house. I said, God's going to love on a bunch of you, but right now he's wanting to do something for our friend. She later said she, she was not possessed, but she said it was as if I felt stuff leaving my body. I found out her testimony later. The, the absolute, I can't even comprehend the pain. I won't share details, but the abuse that had came within her own home, things that had happened in her own home that had bruised and damaged and hurt that she loved God. She couldn't stay away from church, but she felt like she was going to be tortured in this pain of abuse that came from within her own family for her entire childhood life. Amen. She said, I felt like I would never be healed. I would never be free on that night. She said, it was physically as if I felt stuff leaving my body. Amen. It was as if I felt all those years of hurt and pain and torment leaving my body. Amen. And, and within just a few service, instead of staring at the wall, she moved to the front row. I've never seen a face change so much in such a short amount of time. The glow and the power of God. I still believe that all it takes is one touch of Jesus' power. One touch can open the channels. still believe that one touch oh you may still get help in other areas of your life that's what I've told my kids if you'll give God the chance to open the door and minister to you then the counselor is going to work a whole lot better this is going to work when you let God do the miracle so the Bible said that from Paul's body were brought handkerchiefs and aprons and looked in my pocket today and I have a very this handkerchief is so special to me on it, it says RSW. The SW stands for a man of God whose name was Steve Willoughby, a possible apostle to the nation of Singapore. I didn't know him personally. He was just, he was a preacher I really looked up to and read after because he, he was very anointed. Cancer took his life and his wife's life, and he prayed to be healed, but he trusted God. And it's a powerful story of trust. But a friend of mine was one of his prayer partners, and God dealt with them, they said, during my West Nile to give this to me. And so I, I carry this as a memento. It's, it's special, and it matches today. And so um, I carry it with me as, as very special. This was an anointed man of God's handkerchief. But by itself, a handkerchief is not spiritual. 
But Paul would pray over the handkerchief. And people believe somehow God can get in this little square piece of cloth. And I'm going to bring it to my house. And I'm going to bring it to the place of need. And I'm going to believe that God is going to work. I heard an elder tell, and it's one of my favorite stories uh, of all, and, and especially connected to what I'm sharing with you all today. And the elder was, was Brother Tenney, and, and he, he shared the story. Some of you may have heard it. But he said there was a, a single-parent mom and raising her son, and the son got to young adulthood, and he did not want to, you know, all the rules and restrictions and mama's house and all that stuff, and he wanted to live it up. And so... He, he moved out on his own, and he had a roommate. And I don't remember if they were renting or had a little house or apartment or whatever that they had. He moved out, living it up. Don't want to go to that old Pentecostal church. Don't want to follow all, those, all that stuff. And so he was doing his thing, and he didn't really communicate or connect with his mom too much during that season. But there was one channel. There was one avenue that she had because every month or two, their place of living got really messy, and nobody cleaned house like Mama. And so he had asked Mama, Mama, can you come clean, clean our place? And so every month or so, every month or two, Mom would be able to go. She'd be able to spend a few hours. She would vacuum, clean, wash, straighten up, do all the stuff that a Mama can do. And one of those trips, she was so burdened for her son, praying over her son, and God dealt with her. And and God said, I want you to take you an anointed prayer cloth. I want you to get it prayed over that, that the mercies of God will, will go in that living place. I want you to pray that the conviction of God will go in that place. Amen. Anybody know what the conviction of God is? Where it looks like they're having fun, but they get home and they're miserable. You know, and God's stirring them up. I heard an elder one time. She was praying for her grandkids. This was just a good old prayer meeting. Covington, I was assistant pastor there. And elder, she was praying over her grandkids, man. And all of a sudden, she started praying something. I don't know if I ever heard this one before or since. But she said, God, make them miserable in this old world. God, stir them up, Jesus. And you know what she started praying? She said, God, put sand in their sheets. Put sand in their sheets. Put sand in their sheets. And I'm like, hey, I've been to the beach. I've been. I tried to camp out one time where there was some sand. That's, some, that's one of the worst feelings in the world. She was praying it on them. So God dealt with this lady. She said, he said, get you a prayer cloth. Get you a prayer cloth, he said, and just when you go over there, leave it in his, in his house. My anointing will be there. So while she's cleaning the house, she's like, where can I put this prayer cloth? Just one little square. And while she was cleaning, the thought came to her, all right. So here's what she did. She found his nicest shoes. She took out the insole. She put that prayer cloth under the insole and put the insole back in and said, God, every step he takes, God, whenever he wears these shoes, wherever he goes, I'm asking you to anoint. I'm asking you to protect. I'm asking you to convict. I'm asking you to draw his life. Amen. She cleaned the place and went on about her business. Sometime later, on a weekend night, Friday night, if I remember. The young man and his roommate, they were going out partying or dancing or wherever they were going. On that night, 
But whatever the occasion was, it called, it called for them to be a little bit dressier than their normal casual, casual attire. So they dressed up a little bit. They're on their way to go out. And while they're on the way, the roommate's driving. He's not driving. The son of the praying mama, he's in the passenger seat. The roommate, his buddy, is driving. And they're going down the road, and they pass a parking lot that has extra cars in it. And the young man pulls on side the road, and he said, man, I don't know. And the, and the other guy said, man, what's going on? He said, I don't know. I'm just feeling like I'm supposed to stop right here. Amen. And, and it was a parking lot full of cars because it was a little Pentecostal church that was having revival. And there was a sign out front that said revival. And the young man said, I know you're going to think I'm crazy, but I feel like before we go out tonight, let's just go inside. Let's just see what's going on at this little church for a little while. I know you probably already figured out that was the guy in the passenger seat that was his mama's church that his buddy just pulled off on the side of the road and said, man, I think we just need to go in there. Brother Tenney said they went in that service and it wasn't too long conviction got on them. They both went up to the altar and they gave their life back to God and God filled them with the Holy Ghost. God turned their life around. But my favorite part of the story is that when they were getting dressed, his friend said, man, is it okay if I borrow these shoes of yours tonight? On that particular night, the young man had on the shoes that had the prayer cloth under the insole. And he was the one that got God. Don't tell me God can't work to reach into a life. Don't tell me. Hallelujah. So God used a shadow. Again, I don't know how all that all works, but Simon Peter was anointed. He was connected to the throne room. So from a throne room to a man, through a shadow, to a need, God healed. Handkerchief was connected through prayer to a man of God. And somebody just had faith that the power can get from the source to the need. The garment. The garment became the contact point for a few moments in closing today I just want to speak to people across this room I just want to tell you that you have the opportunity I just want you to consider with me for a few moments that you have the opportunity to be the robe you have an opportunity to be the contact point. You have the opportunity to be a handkerchief or the shadow. You have the opportunity to be a vessel that Jesus can move through. And we're in this house today and God's going to move in this house today. But for a moment, let me speak to your ministry and your families and let me speak to your ministry in this community I wonder, amen, if you can just walk with Jesus and hold his hand how many folks we may come in contact with that can't make it all the way to Jesus, but if they can make it to you, they can get Jesus. Amen. They may not can make it all the way to touch Jesus themselves, 
but if they can come in contact with somebody that's living for Jesus, walking with Jesus, desiring to be a vessel for Jesus, that he can flow through you and get to them and when all is said and done they're going to say I got Jesus I touched Jesus 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 worked in my life that can happen throughout our, our lives just to desire just to consider, just think of that little experiment I talked about. Just consider that if somebody's touching Jesus and I touch them, then Jesus can flow and he can get his work done. We're going to move on in just a moment, but how many of you will just pray? I've been praying for the last month or two. It's just been on me. and I, My little simple prayer, Jesus, can I just be the robe? Jesus, can I just be a vessel that somehow I can walk with you, amen, in a manner that if somebody can just get to me, and I'm not, I'm not I mean, I, I've already told you, those things weren't so great all in and of themselves, but they were touching Jesus, and they touched a need, and Jesus flowed through, amen. I, I just feel a pause before we wrap up this service today. How many of you just pray, God, let me be the robe for somebody. Let me be the contact point for my family. Let me be the contact contact point for somebody in this community that just needs Jesus. Amen. And if maybe our lives can connect, maybe one day they'll look back and say, I know I connected you with you, but you know what I got? I got Jesus. I touched him. Yeah. Hallelujah. 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 And I believe that Jesus wants to love on us in this atmosphere today. I believe Jesus wants to love on somebody, minister to someone in this room today. I, so many times, so many times in church services, and I may do it in just a minute, I'll say reach over and take the hand of your neighbor, and I may have got it honest from the Brother Young days. Reach over and take the hand of your neighbor, or reach over, place your hand on the shoulder of the friend beside you. That's come to be very special to me because I don't just believe that's an activity. I don't just believe that's just an event. What I've come to believe, and I, I, know, I know you get anointed and get blessings straight from the heavens, but there's just something about, there's just something about, if this young man's in the service today saying, I need something from God, and it can work both ways. I may be praying I need something from God. But sometimes it's just as simple as a friend or a brother or a sister putting a hand on your shoulder. Sometimes it's not even the specific words. It's just Jesus. Would you touch my friend today? I've come to believe that if a robe can be a contact point and a shadow can be a contact point and a handkerchief can be a contact point, then there's something that can happen. It's not the power of the hand, but it's somebody saying, Jesus, would you touch my friend? Jesus, would you touch my my brother, Jesus, would you? I'm telling you, if God can move through a shadow, I promise he can move through the atmosphere of a service on a Sunday morning. 
So I don't know how it all works, but sometimes Jesus is just saying, all I need, all I need is a contact point. Again, would you stand with me? Again, just for our consideration, very specifically, she said, if I can touch the border, the hem. But Jesus whirled around and said, who touched me? So would you honor this preacher's request this morning and reach over and take the hand of your neighbor? Maybe a family member. You may know a bit of where they're, they're at right now. You may not. Maybe a friend. You may know some of their life, but you may not know their specific prayers today. Maybe a guest. If a guest is beside you, Amen. Ask them if it's okay if you connect with them like that and pray with them today. Now, would you take that hand you're holding and would you just lift it to the heavens right now? You don't have to pray loud, but just talk to Jesus. I believe there's virtue being released in this house today. I believe as real as I was able to see God do miracles in church services in February and in March. Amen. I believe in God's wanting to do something in this room for somebody today. God, if you'll move on a backslider's heart through a mama's prayer cloth, you can move in a family this morning. If you can move in, in somebody's life, amen, through a bone, amen, that was in a tomb, you can move through the atmosphere of this room right now, Jesus. God, we're praying for a healing oil to come in this house. God, we're praying for a virtue and anointing to come in this place. God, we're praying for strength to come in this room. In Jesus' holy name. In Jesus' holy name. In Jesus' holy name. Would you take that hand a moment? Just lift it to the heavens right now. Jesus, from the front to the very back, side to side. Don't have to be loud right now. Don't have to be in a hurry. Somebody needs, somebody needs a renewing in the Holy Ghost today. God may just flow right there in your pew. Somebody needs something from the throne room right now. Ted, I'd like for us to do right now. Three times in that revival in Oklahoma City, three of the beautiful miracles that unfolded was not after the preaching it was during the singing the pastor just said God's here anybody need something from God you you need something specific from God he said while we're singing I want you to just come stand up here God's going to do something three beautiful miracles I shared one of them that happened in this atmosphere because people just stepped out and said I need something from God so I'm not going to define it right now as you need a healing, you need a physical miracle, but God can do that. It may be something in your home life, you may just simply need a beautiful renewing, but in this atmosphere, you need something from God. I'd like for you to step out and just, just say, I'm just going to come stand, Brother Aubrey.
different. I've seen, seen hot, call it holy tears. Some of you have had holy tears coming down your face. you got a need. You have something in your life, your family, that's important to you today. Just come stand right now. Thank you, sir. Thank you, young man. Just come stand. It may be five. It may be 25. I'm not going to try to put a number on it. You just need to touch Jesus today. You need to touch Jesus today. Would you lift your hands to the Lord right now? God's going to move in this whole house, but I'm going to say it again. He's going to do something in you right now. I need three or four people just to come put your hand, just be the contact point. Come put your hand on this gentleman. Lay your hands on his head or his shoulder. There's an anointing in this room today. There's an anointing. You're just saying, I need to touch Jesus today. Sis, you've been crying out all service long. I need two or three ladies just to come right here. Just put my hands on her shoulder right now. I don't know what she needs from the throne room, but Jesus does. I don't know what she needs from the throne room, but Jesus does. She's lifted her soul to Jesus all service long. Here's what I'd like for you to do. Amen. Those of you in this altar, we're going to pray for everybody. I'd like for you either just make sure if somebody's close to you that looks like they need something from heaven, can we make sure everybody has a contact point? Amen. Find a shoulder to put a hand on. Amen. Elders are praying, folks. Amen. Those that you, we're going to come, you're going to get your need met too. But just find somebody you may feel like just saying, you mind if I lay hands on you? You mind if I hold your hand and pray with you? You mind if I put a hand on your shoulder? All you're saying is, I want to be the robe. I want to be the contact point. I'm just asking Jesus to love on you. I'm just, come on. Kids can get the Holy Ghost in this atmosphere. Families can be ministered to in this atmosphere. You just told Jesus, I want to be the robe. Stand by somebody. That's it. That's holy tears, sis. It's beautiful. Church, today is a beautiful day to minister. You feel led to pray for somebody? You operate in the Holy Ghost. You get a breakthrough there. Don't be afraid to move on to the next. Somebody just needs fresh oil. Somebody needs virtue to flow. We're not in a hurry right now. Holy Ghost renewings in this house. There's impartation from heaven. Amen. For your life that's in this room. It's in this atmosphere. If he can move through a shadow, I promise he can move in this atmosphere. I'm releasing this church. Operate in the Holy Ghost. Be sensitive to the Spirit. There's people all over this room need somebody to pray. Jesus, Jesus, touch our friends today. Jesus, move in this house today. Jesus, move in this atmosphere today. I 
pray it's released right now. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. You be the contact point. And then you turn and ask them to be the contact point for you. Let healing be released. God in Jesus' name. Let virtue be released. That's it. You find a brother or a sister. Let the oil flow through your hand. Let the oil flow through you.
Thank you.